0: Welcome to Get the Facts, Jack, a weekly podcast from Jack County, Texas, sharing factual information to the citizens of Jack County. I'm your host, Judge Brian Keith Humphreys, and my wingman, Frank Hefner, Jack County Emergency Management Coordinator. Hey, how was your uh, how was your Christmas? Man, we
1: had a we had a great great Christmas. A lot of a lot of good presents under the tree, and everybody was healthy. Were you a good boy? Oh man.
0: You know it. Santa Claus found you and everything?
1: Santa Claus showed up. Oh. And when he showed up, he brought the good stuff. Oh, I like that. The good yeah. stuff. The huh? good stuff.
0: It was. Everybody, you know, I was sitting around uh, on Christmas afternoon, and I thought, you know what? Everybody's getting along. Everybody's enjoying each other, and there was no uh, no conflicts. And so, and everybody pretty much got what they had asked for. Well, so
1: around our house, we get conflicts. We, we play a game called... Um, Christina, for some reason, tries to uh, put this saran wrap ball together with a whole bunch <laughs> oh my of gosh. that is in it.
0: That's crazy.
1: And it gets stupid around the house. Yeah. And uh, there is, that is, it's it's an all out war. It's a battle. It is.
0: That's for blood.
1: Well, that's about the way it turns out. Somebody's going to come up bleeding somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's But it's like, all fun and games when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah.
0: We're still family. Yeah. All right. Yeah have later, tried that. yeah, we've we've <laughs> talked about it, but we've we've not tried that. I, Deborah Tillery, my office administrator, asked me about that because they do that tradition at their house. And I'll be honest with you, I was about hundred dollar out. We had pretty much. I thought, you know, oh my gosh, let's get through this Christmas. We're about done, so we didn't go buy the lottery tickets. We didn't go buy the gift certificates. We didn't do that this year, but I think it's definitely on our future. The
1: core. There was two balls. The core of one of them was $50 cash. Uh, The core of the other one was a $50 card. But then you had to break uh, some type of code of some sort to get to the $50 card. Oh, So it was a lot more even after the...
0: That gets tough.
1: It gets tough. So you have to work for it around our house.
0: Well, it does feel good to uh, get back to the courthouse. You know, we've got a couple more days before our new year period here, and then we'll get back to normal. But uh, one of our last episodes, uh, we had Garland Easter and Charlie Martin, and we were talking about the Jack County Youth Fair. And today our special guest is Alinda Cox, who is our Texas A&M AgriLife Jack County Extension Service uh, agent. Did I get that right? You got it all in there. That is a mouthful.
2: It is. And see, my, the rest of my title is family and community health agent.
0: See, I've never mastered that part of y'all's titles. So. It's a mile-long business is. card is what that is. Yeah, how do you fit that all, you know?
2: Fine print. You, you, know, you remember the Santa Claus where they had to get the, all the little different magnifying glasses to read it? There you yeah, go. You just it's got all in that the size on. of the print.
0: See, I don't struggle with the Texas A&M University system. That just rolls right off my mouth. But... You know that's easy for me to say.
2: Oh, I can't imagine that. I can't
0: imagine why. And Miss Sheila Birdwell, we're very happy to have you today, Miss Birdwell, former mayor of you, Bryson, guys. Texas, and uh, the better half of the uh, Commissioner Precinct Three household. You are married to Henry Birdwell.
1: Yeah, don't hold that against her.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny because I was trying to get Henry. Of course, he loves it whenever I talk to about him on the uh, the radio or on our podcast, but uh, you know, he wasn't about to come and sit here, so he... I think
3: you should do one.
0: He sent over you. work in the county. I think so, too. It would <laughs> be great. We could bring... How about this? We could do Henry Birdwell and um, Kenny. Kenny. Kenny could come in, mm-hmm. and they could talk about all the things that they do on a regular basis, and they could talk about blading roads and the whole thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Putting guardrails back on. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, that may be great podcast information. I got to tell you this, not to um, overwhelm you, but you know the highest performing podcast that we've done so far, we've done five, this will be number six, the highest in ratings has been the one from Garland Easter and Charlie Martin, and they are saying, all right.
2: You know why, right? Because Sheila and I were sharing that those posts everywhere to get the get the numbers up. The
0: numbers up. <laughs> they needed all the support they you could know. get. Yeah,
3: we're all about teamwork and you know yeah. supporting well, our our, yeah. our counterparts. Dalton yeah. um, informed me that mom, you'll be on Spotify. There's like tens of thousands of people, mom, that can listen to you. On yes,
0: Spotify. that Thanks, is. Thanks, Dalton. We're, we're famous. You
3: gotta love your kids.
2: Yes. You are. You I, know. I asked mine if they wanted to come, they looked at me and went, like, uh, no, we're busy. Yeah.
0: Not a chance, Mom, and we're not going to listen to it over and over again. But
2: They're not going to listen to it, period, yeah. l- unless it's long enough to go, hey, did you know what you sound like on, t- yeah. on
0: there? <laughs> Just another reason they can make fun of us. So.
2: Exactly.
0: But we are. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes, and the thing I love about this, the whole purpose of this podcast is is to be able to have about a, a 20 to 30 minute conversation. Our purpose is to have factual information to provide to the citizens of Jack County to where they can hear about an event or an activity that's coming up. And so, and then they can also learn more about what we do behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, today I wanna spotlight, um, you know, obviously our Jack County um, Youth Fair, but specifically about 4 H. And Sheila, you have been a tremendous volunteer for many of years in the Bryson area. And, uh, you know, just think about the impact that 4-H has made in the lives of the young people in your community. How many years have you been involved in 4-H? Oh,
3: goodness. Um, Of course, I did it growing up. And that's what led me to want Dalton and his friends to have that opportunity as well. So he was in first grade. He was a Clover kid, and he's in eighth grade now. So however many years that is, Cindy Hand and I do that together.
0: Well, I think Henry also, wasn't he a FFA? Um, he was an officer.
3: Yes, he was a district and an area officer. So I've I've
0: seen those pictures that fly around of him in his uh, blue jacket. So he looks pretty sharp. <laughs> and so really it's been part of your family for yes. for years and years.
3: And there's just a lot of opportunity there that um, it's good for kids to be involved in at a young age. Um, other than sports, sports are great, but sports aren't for every kid. And um, so this gives them other opportunities to compete and make friends and have teams and get to travel and meet other, other kids in other parts of Texas.
0: You know, and, and one of the things is, is, is you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to be around your family over the last several years. And I've really enjoyed most most of the kids know Dalton Birdwell, and to see how his participation in 4-H has matured him and and allowed him to overcome some obstacles. I know probably five six years ago, whenever I first met Dalton, he would do well to um, tell you his name. He yes, was sir. very shy, yes, very a very timid young man, and then. Um, now you look up and this young man is giving reasons whenever he's judging livestock or he's auctioneering at a fundraiser in Aaron, Texas. <laughs> yes. And, and some of those traits he learned yeah. in 4-H.
3: He did. He has built a lot of confidence through the um, activities he's, he's done in 4-H. And that's another thing you, you, touched on him doing that auctioneering for another club. Um, we really push that at our club is, is not everything's about you. It's not everything about what people can do for you, but it's about how can you help your community and how can you help others. And we do a lot of community service projects just to try to teach those kids that, you know, um, it's not always up to the government to help people out. You can help your neighbor out. And they do a lot of community service work over there through the whole county, but I know our Bryson
0: kids do. What a life lesson. And, I mean, you're always doing different fundraisers or activities that are supporting Maybe somebody in your community that, that needs some assistance. And, and, you know, that's what's going to make our community better or, you know, our rural way of life better is by having that desire to help other people and not just thinking about ourselves. Yes, sir. It's, a, it's, it's one of the takeaways that our country needs to get on board about <laughs> Uh, it really could make us a a better country if we all started putting a little bit of that into our day-to-day activity.
3: One thing I was probably the most proud of them in a project they did was um, helping to raise the drinking water donations for Perrin when Perrin was going through their um, water hardship. Mm -hmm. And I brought our officers together and said, here's what needs to happen. How can we make this happen? And so they brainstormed. a contest we could do at school, so the classes that brought the most cases of water got to win a coke float party. We did elementary, junior high, and high school, and then um just to raise some cash to help buy more water, um they asked the principal if they could wear a cap to school one day and bring a dollar, and he was on board for that, so that's always a fun fundraiser for them get to wear their hat or cap to school and so those officers brainstormed ways that they could make that happen, and they donated, I don't remember, Frank, how much water, but the, we loaded oh, it no, on we, a trailer. <laughs> we had a
1: trailer load, and it yeah. was, uh, I, I'm going to say, almost a couple of hundred cases easy. Yes, sir. Yeah. So Several. that was a
3: way that our Bryson kids could give back to their parent friends and help someone else out in our county. So I love that.
1: Yeah. All through 4-H. It was huge, you know um uh, I, I know when we worked that down there it was it was a uh, it was it was one day when we were trying to work other water ch- shipments in that that went through and took care of a day or two worth of you know oh, yeah. to help the county out
0: no doubt and whenever a community really truly was in need you would think something so very basic as just drinking water But a lot of these people were having to bring it in from inner wells or Mm -hmm. go to Walmart and go take, carry their bottles back and forth. And the people didn't have the basic, the basic needs to survive. And that's just good potable drinking water. And the kids came up with that on their own. That's pretty impressive. You know, sometimes our young people never cease to amaze me. So, and just think, Alinda, you get to deal with this on a daily basis. I mean, you're, that's part of, I told with Charlie, I said, you know, I said, your whole purpose is education. And it's not just education with young people, but also adults for a better way of doing things. And so tell us a little bit about what all AgriLife does in Jack County.
2: We do a variety of things. I mean, and not only is is Bryson a a great example, we've got some other examples of 4-Hers who've really stepped up. And one of the things I've really liked about <clears throat> this time of year is one of the, the Jacksboro club will go and do a fundraiser and then they will take all that, fun, that money, however much it may be. And they usually adopt a couple of either angels or a couple of the, the elderly ones, or sometimes it depends on how much it is. Sometimes it's been both and they sit down with them and make them have out a budget and go, okay, we're, they told us we can only spend this much and this is all we need to get where can we go shop where can we get it and then if they have money left over they'll go okay let's look at Greystone. let's look at uh the assisted the nursing home here and they have got like chapstick and fuzzy socks and blankets and different things for them but that's just one aspect of it i mean extension covers a whole host of topics Food nutrition, photography—those are some of the ones that the that the kids love as well as the adults. Because we do extension does it, adult programming as well. The kids like to come out and be a part of it all, and they get to explore and see people. But the fun part is, is so do the the adults. Mm-hmm. Just before Christmas, over the last couple of months, we were going to do some programming over air fryers and pressure or cooking under pressure. And there was a part of it, one of them, we had, I was going to give part of one of the cooking under pressure, and I had another volunteer who was going to give the other part. Well, I was really kind of concerned because during the second one is when my, my household got, one of the people in my household got quarantined because they had been around somebody who tested positive. So I was like, "I, I hate to do my part. Well, I ran into the people later on. They're like, no, no, we really want this. So the next thing I know, it was some of the election ladies, and so we're down there while it's at a lull in voting, and I'm showing them how to make a cheesecake in your pressure cooker,
0: and it's great. So that's what you are doing. <laughs> I, I, was, I walked downstairs in the assembly room, and that's where our early polling was mm-hmm. for the election, and all of a sudden – Alinda uh, and Rebecca over there preparing a cheesecake <laughs> and she's running. She said, judge, I'm just, I'm waiting for our water to get hot. And so she's got her demonstration out and stuff. And I thought it was something that they were preparing for themselves or maybe a Christmas party. And then as soon as I finished voting, then I stepped to the side and then the, the ladies that were working the polling booth came over and, and Alinda is giving a demonstration for the ladies that were there in the courthouse in some downtime.
2: How, what a
0: cool thing.
2: <laughs> like I said, it was just a couple, you know, honestly, there were like three or four people that actually were there. So we're not talking a huge crowd, but it was one of those things, time-wise, we could get it in. And honestly, I think about half the courthouse voted that day. I just want you to know, because yeah, every time so. I looked up, it was somebody else from the courthouse coming down.
0: But How do it, you make cheesecake in a pressure cooker?
3: Well, I was an extension lady to know how
2: <laughs> it's to do amazing.
0: All that cool stuff. Yeah. And I want you to know one of my favorite things is, is a couple of years ago to just tell you how the the stuff that you demonstrate or the things that you show other employees in the mm-hmm. courthouse or your influence upon us is probably some of the best pulled pork I've ever had was your secret recipe that involved basically Dr. Pepper <laughs> Um, some barbecue sauce, and, like, one other thing.
2: We had salt, Crock-pot. pepper. It, it was. Salt, pepper, and put a little garlic powder and onion powder in there. and Oh, my eight hours on, on I w- the crock pot. I, I'm going to the- tell
0: you, I would almost put that pulled pork sandwich up against anything you could get anywhere in the state of Texas. It was that good. It was that tender. But the most important thing, it was perfect. At the end of the day, whenever we went to shred it, mm-hmm. it was and it was so easy. It was a no-brainer. They just look like geniuses. So.
2: Well, just so you know, I have some at the house now because, you know, Ashley's in from college, and I was like, what do you want? I want pulled pork. Yeah. So so after three days of going, oh, wait, Mason put that in the freezer instead of the refrigerator so we to thaw back out. <laughs> <laughs> and then we finally remembered to start it in the morning. We get, we
3: actually cooked it. That's, that was supper last
2: night.
1: Yeah. Well, anything with a Dr. Pepper's got to be good. <laughs> it is
0: good. Yeah. It, it, it I, is
3: good. I may be interrupting here, but I was just thinking of something that Alinda did. That, you know, not, you always think 4-H, and and this wasn't necessarily 4-H, but she always does walk across Texas. Mm. And this year, the COVID quarantine got in the way, and so she decided to do it online. And we did. We broke up in teams, and the kids would walk or bike at home, and they would text me and Jana. Um, I think Perrin did it too. Ashley <laughs> Murray down there at Perrin. And we kept up with the kids' miles on how far they walked or how far they rode their bikes, and and the adult leaders did it too. And I don't think Bryson quite finished ours out as strong as we started, but we did walk several miles and bike several miles, and and we had kids from Bryson competing, telling kids at Parent how far they had biked that day, and trying to um, compete with each other. But that's a good health, um, you know, healthy of, living program that Extension does this year
2: because of COVID. We you know, kind of threw everything up in the air and went, Okay, how can we make this fit back into and still get to do stuff? And one of the, we did I actually started a now it's a private group for the Walk Across Texas, but I will say everybody that participated that whatever email they registered with, I sent them an invitation to it. And I even sent some other people in the community trying to get them motivated to join a team or start a team. And the coolest part about that that I loved, and we just did our summaries and all that, and I put it in there, is, like, if you were on there, you could post. We had adults going, okay, well, I've just finished watching Quigley Down Under, and I've walked five miles or whatever it was, and then we had not just the individuals doing it, but it's like, okay, our family's going walking, and you would see one kid on a bike, one kid over here with a dog, and it was a great family time. Right. Right. So, I will say yes, y'all y'all that was y'all put in some miles. Y'all really did. But I'm really proud of everybody coming together. And we did have a lot of that it kept me motivated. It kept me doing something. It kept me from putting on those COVID pounds. So, that is something we're going to continue to do and we'll do some newsletters and some emails here. We'll we're going to be after fair time, but probably about February, March, somewhere in there we'll start again. And we'll try to get the schools involved to let the classrooms do it. But I was so excited when I saw the 4-H team or the 4-H groups because that's really who the groups were. Now they had different titles because mm-hmm. y'all were the something
0: I I about remember. the
2: Bryson Cowboys was in there. But I was like, oh my gosh, look! all my 4-Hers are doing this. And another program that came out of that the COVID that I haven't done in years is something called Fred it's Families Reading Every Day. Oh, yeah. And you got to participate I in did. that. I did. I loved it. Oh, I
3: did that, too. I forgot
2: about it. So I think all three of us, or three of y'all here in the room, yes. got to read a book for us. And that was something that was great to me, because I was looking going, we had, because we were trying to post on weekdays, pretty much. And I think we had 19 books read by 20 different people, because we had a brother-sister combo in there. And we had everything from, I want to say they're like first graders. Yeah,
0: we did giggle, giggle, quack, quack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what's so cool about that, Alinda, was is that was during a time where, you know, we were early in COVID and we didn't really need, didn't know how things were going to be handled, and um, we were social distancing even from my grandchildren, mm-hmm. and it was a way that my grandchild could listen to me and I could read him a story. And they would play it over and over and over. <laughs> Plus, it gave my daughter a break because she was home with the little one. And so they would do fun things like that. And they would listen to different people from Jet County read different stories and different books.
2: One of the neatest things about that, with, saying different counties, we were trying to do, because it's a four-week-long program, and our, we have three 4-H clubs, and we were kind of divv- divvying those out. But we had some different times in there. It was so great to see the people volunteering. Like, I even went, to, we were at church, and my pastor was like, hey, can you, I, I want to do that. Yeah. I, I want to say we went to commissioner's court, maybe, or I ran into Brian from the newspaper, and he's like, sign me up, yeah. I'll do it, you know. And it, it was great, because not only, yes, I did ask some of y'all, but, I mean, I had volunteers. Yeah, people you know. coming to
0: you asking for the opportunity to do that. And
2: exactly.
0: I think it's fun. It's kind of like this this podcast. You know, It's kind of a new concept, especially mm-hmm. for the majority of people in our area. And I was going into a local store uh, down here at uh, Quick Stop, and the young lady that was at the cash register looked at me and said, oh, I listen to your podcast. And then I perked up <laughs> and I was like, did you really? I said, which one was it? And she told me the episode. And then she began to tell me things about what we had talked about. And you know, the purpose of the podcast is to have just a casual conversation with leaders in our community to share important parts. And you feel like you have a connection with these people. And I said, well, was it easy to listen to? And she's like, oh yeah, absolutely. So really it's to get the message out. And you know, and and I think people need to know about the activities and the opportunities through 4-H, and that that you know, Bryson and Parent and in Jacksboro has really strong 4-H chapters, and the kids are are really involved in them. And we couldn't do it if it wasn't for the volunteers or the parents that actually supported that. So, yes, and you know what, we're going to see that as we. Um, get ready for the youth fair. Mm-hmm. So I know um, before you know it, it's going to be January 1st. We're already very close to the end of the year. And so what exactly is our schedule for our uh, youth fair this year? I know it starts, I believe, on January, is it 6th? 6th, okay. Is
2: that Wednesday, and all of our animals will move in that day. And as far as the creative hobbies or arts and crafts up front, We'll take all of the arts and crafts and hobbies that day from four to six. Now the food doesn't come in until Thursday because we'll do we'll go ahead and judge all the creative hobbies Wednesday night, and then Thursday we'll judge the foods. And then after the foods are done, the create the front room. That's what a lot of people just call it, the front room with yeah, all the, front the part of the barn. <laughs> yeah. They'll, that'll open up as soon as we get everything judged on Thursday night and we'll give the kids a some time to come look at their foods to see how well they did but then even after the foods had a chance to look that only the food we we sell it off like bake sale, bake sale style because that helps go back in the money that we make from it helps goes back to buy the prizes and and pay their prize money and the ribbons and all that kind of fun stuff.
0: So you you mentioned the sale portion of that. Mm-hmm. So is that is that done prior to the championship sale? Well, what when those, is that?
2: Well, those that's just whatever comes in that night. Okay. Now, if you get grand or reserve with your food item, then you will remake it. And that's when you can make it look all just really gorgeous and actually on glass plates and stuff like that. And then on Saturday is when our auction is. And they will auction off those items. Okay. That way they are fresh. The kids have had a chance. I mean when when you're looking at judging Thursday and your auction's not till Saturday, yes, I know at home we're still gonna eat it, but considering we've already had a, a slice missing, you know, they get to rebake and that way the the buyers get something good and fresh.
0: Oh, absolutely. And so, so the food the of the food programs will begin on the sixth. Is that correct?
2: Well, the arts and crafts like arts the photography, okay. the the where they make art, uh crochet, quilt, that kind of stuff, that'll come in on Wednesday. Okay. The food comes in on Thursday. On
0: Thursday. Okay. Well, I don't want to get that messed up cuz I know I always love to judge the uh, the desserts.
2: Uh, we have, we have a few judges that really like to come back. <laughs> I, I won't deny that. Now I will say I've had some that go, oh, I'm feeling a little green tonight. Uh-huh. So you know some some are like, okay, we've tried, we've had this experience. We'll move on. We'll let somebody else have this opportunity. But we do have we have some judges that love to come come out and taste all the goodies that they have. Now I will say too, I get a lot. Of, First year judges that have never judged at a at a contest like this before, we have a plate of pickles and salty crackers, and I get more strange looks when I'm like, and we've got pickles and crackers on the table, and I'm like, I thought we were eating cakes and cookies and candy. Well, even somebody like me that can eat some sweets, but you know, you gotta have something to, to cleanse your palate every once in a it's while. A so bit.
3: before
0: you. Didn't you say yes. that you thought that was actually a joke? I thought pickles
3: were crazy. I thought, Why are there pickles on the tables? And she said, "You're going to want them in a little while." And sure enough, after I got about halfway through, I needed the plate of pickles before I could finish judging. Yes.
0: What has probably been one of your? What is? Do you have a favorite project that you love to see, or you love to to um, watch the kids as they come in with them? What's your favorite one?
2: My fa- my personal favorite at- when I get that I after it comes in and I get to look at is probably the photography because well it started off years ago when I first moved up here we only had a handful of pictures and then the we've had it's grown so much that we've we're getting about 200 or so pictures that come in and while they're coming in pretty fast and furious I don't always get to see them but then but in the down times I get to go and look, and it's so amazing to watch. Because, like, as the 4-Hers, we haven't got to do it this year, but we'll go take some field trips. And it's so cool to get to see those pictures come in because some of them will select some of those. And you may see the same thing three different ways right, from three different kids. And it so amazes me just the way and the different perspective that they look at it. Because some of them may be doing that, that same that object or whatever straight on where somebody else is, you know, kind of from the top and somebody else is from the bottom. You're like, oh, I never thought to take a picture of something from that angle.
0: It just stimulates that creative side of it, of all the kids. And, you know, one of the things that we are talking about is there are so many different opportunities for kids to participate. And, you know, whenever we think of 4-H, we think of livestock, we think of rabbits, we Mm -hmm. think of swine, we think of, Beef cattle. We think of all the the big things, but you know, equally as big are the different projects and the different activities. I mean, anywhere from shooting sports Mm -hmm. to archery, which archery was huge during the uh, what was the movie that every every little girl wanted to shoot? Hunger Games. Remember that? Oh yeah. And it seemed like in 4H we saw a spike in the girls wanting to participate because it was very popular for girls to be good at archery. And so, you know, and now it seems like the thing is rocketeering. And how cool is that, that, you know, we do have a project coming to Jacksboro, back to space, Mm -hmm. that is going to focus upon, you know, teaching hands-on kids that love physics and about, you know, doing the rocketry and, and gravity pull and all these type of things. And so, really, if there's something out there that your child is interested in, there is probably a place for them in 4-H.
3: Yes, sir, there is. I made a list when you first were mentioning um, what all the kids do. And I know our Bryson kids show animals, but they participate in the food challenge um, competition that you judged this past year. And they, that's a team. They do it as a team of three or four Um And they get handed a bag of ingredients and they have to cook together on a makeshift kitchen on their table. And then they're judged um, on how well they they worked together. But also they give an oral presentation that includes nutrition and cost cost. and food safety.
2: It's a lot of the things that we need to be doing in our home Mm -hmm. that people don't always think about it. So this is a great way to introduce those kids to those concepts and get them practicing there was somebody, and I can't remember who it was, that was telling me after our, that district food challenge, they were like, you know, we just love this so much, but I'm sorry, sorry, I am no longer, te- keep, uh, I'm no longer cooking with these kids because I'm so tired of hearing about cross contamination. And did you wash that? And did you just lick your fingers and stuff like that? They were yes. like, oh, we're done with that yeah. <laughs> because you know we don't always practice what we should we at home.
0: And and you know, so many of these kids, especially in our school district, are. Uh, friends with others that have food allergies and that's something that brings that awareness that you know many people struggle with that and Mm -hmm. the cross-contamination affects food allergies and you know the uh, what's the uh, celiac disease Mm -hmm. that is it's critical as some of our kids go and work in the food industry that's one of the that's one of the great takeaways and it's very much real life and so one of my favorite projects is is food challenge.
3: It's fun, it's fun to watch them, and um, to see what they come up with when you hand them a sack of ingredients and how, how did they pre- prepare it and and this year I know one of our teams they came out and they told me oh we made Texas gumbo and I said oh you you used your rice because they got to have some extra <laughs> ingredients in their pantry and I said you put your rice in it and they said Oh, no, but that would have been good if we put our <laughs> rice in it, and I said, "Well, you know, Gumbo, I think has rice in it, and they said, "Well, that's why ours was Texas gumbo oh. <laughs> it doesn't have rice in Texas Gumbo, but it is a fun program and but they we have several that do photography, and they don't have to have a fancy camera um Our phones take excellent oh, pictures now, yeah. and some of the best pictures um have come from the kids' phones mm-hmm. um but they also do consumer decision-making, and that's where they're given a scenario with a budget and four items, like maybe four sleeping bags, and they have to, to pick which one would be best for that camping trip where it's going to get to a certain temperature at night um, and, like, how much it weighs if they're going to have to backpack in. And Anyway, they rank those items from best to, to worst purchase, and it, it teaches them to look at the cost, stay in a budget – Read the labels, decide what the best purchase is, and we have kids that do educational presentations, and they can speak about anything I mean there's a category that's even catch all so yes, we've had kids talk about um beef cattle um feed, we've had kids talk about sun safety. We had a kid talk about the history of tennis shoes oh, because really? he loves tennis shoes, and he did a whole. History of tennis shoes, and he won first place at district. How yep.
0: cool is that? <laughs>
3: that same that same child a few years before when he I want to say it was his
2: first year to give a speech. He liked math. Yes, he wanted to talk about math, so he got up there and talked about math and proceeded to show him how to do some
3: problems. <laughs> it's great because I mean it's yeah, but what it, it got him in front of a judge speaking uh, in public, showing props, and he's come a long way in his. That's what speaking. that's
0: amazing because I tell. I tell our adults and and really working with the commissioners, working with the public, the secret of success is the ability to communicate your ideas to others. And really we have the opportunity to work with very brilliant individuals, but if they cannot share what their goals are or what their thoughts are or what the end result should be or what we're working towards, then they're just not quite as effective. And so as adults, our ability to communicate is critical. Mm-hmm. How how important is it to learn that at a very young age?
3: You, you try to teach it to them before they even know to be scared, mm-hmm. before they even know to That's be nervous. A great point. Um, if you can get them doing it early enough, they don't even really know to be nervous. So, um, We've had a very successful livestock judging team. Travis Thorne and Michael Hawkins coached those kids. With I think Charlie's helped some on that. Um, but they the intermediates placed first at district this year. And I think there were around 70 individuals in the junior high category. And I don't remember how many Travis took, I think eight or nine. And they placed in the top 14. Wow. Every kid. So he's very been very impressive. successful with that program. while I wow. judging. And then he comes in in the spring and they teach them meat judging as well. So a lot of the kids raise the animals They learn to judge them and speak reasons on why they placed them, how they did, and then they can learn to evaluate that carcass, too. So they're learning the entire industry. So then, And then when they
2: move from, you know, the meat selection, then they learn how how to cook it over here in the food challenge, and they can cook it.
0: And, you know, it's one of those things that, as adults, you know, a lot of times we'll be cutting into a piece of steak, and you'll go, "Mm, this one's not so great. And I had this conversation over the weekend with my wife. I said, oh, where did you get this cut of meat? And it was a question knowing that she did not go to the normal place that we would go purchase Mm -hmm. it and that she, she probably had to purchase a lesser quality of steak. And you don't know that as adults, there's things that you look for, whether it's marbling or the quality, whether it's prime choice, select people don't. Realize whenever you go to Walmart or when you go to Lowe's or when you go to Brookshire's or a different, there's different qualities. In
3: or a meat market in a neighboring town. Yes, sir. It
0: is It is a huge difference in the quality of the product.
3: And even if they don't ever make it to state or judge in college later on, they've learned what to look for. They've learned. Um, you know, Even if they don't pursue it later on, it's something that they'll take with them and remember.
0: And you know, the major, I know, especially being from A&M and Tarleton, they spend a lot of time and scholarship time encouraging these kids that are on livestock ju- judging or on meat judging. That is big competition on a national level yes. when you get to the collegiate area. And there's I've told you all this before, there's a better chance that your child could get scholarship funds through 4-H either in one of these projects than probably any type of athletic activity that you could ever go to, go to a D1 school on. You just can't. I mean, I guarantee you, um, the MEATS team at Texas A&M, that's serious. Yes, sir. And those kids have been judging MEAT ever since they were eight years old because of 4-H.
2: My, nep- my nephew was actually on, the, on the, one of the teams down there. At aium,
3: judging it's amazing it takes the, a lot to get to that point, but
0: it does, but it's a, it happens.
3: There's some volunteer leaders um in their county that have taken the time to teach those kids along with their county agents and and allowed that opportunity to happen for them.
0: whenever I was coaching for eight shooting sports, um I had the opportunity, and it's about exposure, and so I wanted to coach because I wanted to participate with my son. We went to Texas at A&M. They had a 4-H or they had a, a competition with the uh, Texas A&M uh, Sporting Clays team. They paired us with a, a student, a student athlete, and he started talking to Bailey. He's like, hey, Bailey, when did you learn how to shoot? And He's like, well, I've been shooting in 4-H shooting sports for about the last four years. And, and he goes, wow, me too. And he said, I really, I played hockey in high school, but then I found out that I was really good at shooting. And he said, I came from a single family. My mom raised me. I came from the valley. So he was down in Brownsville. And he said, I ended up competing all through high school. I won the competition, and I was picked up, and I got a free ride scholarship to Texas A&M. And he is competing on the... The sporting clay team. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? And then the girl he was dating did the exact same thing and was and got a full ride scholarship. So, you know, there's these other opportunities that some kids just never know exist. We are we focus on sports, on all our athletics. But as you said early in our podcast, it it's not for everybody. And the one thing is is 4 H tries to find a fit for most any kid that wants to get engaged. Yes, mm-hmm.
3: and I would say, I'll say 90% of our kids in Bryson do participate in sports as well. They're just, they'll are just they go from sports practice to a 4-H practice, home to feed animals. Um, they're just involved in a lot of different things, but they take the time to do it, and um, I, I'm proud of all of them. I think they all do really well. I'm impressed with our 4-Hers. I
2: truly am. They really step up to the plate with what with whatever they're doing. And a lot of times they don't realize that some of their things coexist together or, or mingle, I mean, because think about it. They're doing athletics, but when they get home, what are they going to have to do? They're going to walk their heifer, their sheep, their pig. Well, there's some more exercise and more getting out. You're going to learn how to cook. If you're actually cooking, most of the time you're going to make you something healthier or you can plan out your meal Because you've looked at these nutrients and all those nutrients and knowing that you need to drink water instead of a Dr. Pepper. Mm -hmm. Not that you can't ever have a Dr. Pepper, but, you know, we need more water. And so by learning a lot of those things in 4-H and doing those, they don't always realize, but they kind of go together in parts.
0: Well, and then you talked about the consumer part of it. Then they also know what that that meal cost, Mm -hmm. and they also know – that candy and Dr. Peppers are expensive and it's nice to have, but you can't, you know, a whole family can't consume all that because then you go through all your, your funds. And so, but if you will use, um, you know, whether it's chicken or whether it's broccoli or whether it's rice for an extender, you can know exactly the cost of each meal and what the portions are. And so uh, I love the food challenge. That's probably one of my favorite things to, to go and be a part of. You
3: know, that does, uh, bleed over into consumer decision-making because I know we had a kid that uh, the reasons class they had to give was over yogurt. They do not like yogurt, but (laughs) they knew how to read the labels. They knew what to look for for the nutrition, and they ranked that yogurt according to price and nutrition and flavor, and they gave reasons, and they won reasons on yogurt, even though they do not like to eat yogurt. Wow. They know how to work it. So you get you learn the skills
2: of how to how to present and what to look for. And yeah. That's not. I'm not sure if that's the if they ever told them that they didn't like yogurt. But I don't think they told the judges <laughs> that. But. We have had more than one youth, and I hate to tell you how close to my home these are. But you know they've made their food, just their food show. So that's an individual one, and they've picked their recipe because they just know it's going to be a good one. And they'll go. The judges are looking and go. So do you like this? Nope, I don't like it because I just made it because mom said it's a good <laughs> recipe. <laughs> and I'm going. Oh, please no. no. But, yeah, but, you know, they do learn to look what what to look for in something that's got the quality, the nutrients, or whatnot.
0: Well, and one of the things that they don't learn in school is how to follow the instructions on a recipe or even on a box cake mix. I noticed when my kids were little, we tried to have a weekend project when they'd come over, and what we'd do is is they could make brownies or they could make a cake or they can make cupcakes and what they did was is what most adults do we read the pictures that now go along with the instructions mm-hmm. and that something very basic life skills is is to know how to measure mm-hmm. and to take what you learn in mathematics but know what a half a cup of something looks like or 3 quarters goes or these type of things those life skills whenever I was younger, my mom taught me, we cooked and we made chocolate chip cookies and we spent time together in the kitchen. Nowadays, because the kids are so pulled in other areas, some of that one-on-one parent time is gone. And so it's a great way to learn and, and expose these kids to, well, at least whenever they go to school, they won't be eating ramen noodles every night. Right. I yeah. mean, cause that's,
2: Well, and you laugh with the ramen noodles. There are some that don't even know how to do that. You know, my daughter was much like you. She was always in the kitchen with me, and she went off to college, and she has now taught kids how to make scrambled eggs, how to cut up their apple. I mean, that one floored me. I said, they really asked you to cut up their apple? Yeah, they didn't know how to cut up an apple. I mean, and, you know, you're thinking at this point you're 18, 19, 20. Yeah. You know, and I'm like. But, yeah, so along with Ashley's college education, she's kind of the, here, let me teach you how to do this. She's the mom.
0: Yeah, she's just. That's okay. You know, there's more to life than picking up and ordering Domino's pizza or saying, hey, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, let's go to Taco Bell. And, And that's basically what happens. And before you know it, your kids are in a bad eating cycle. They have gained the freshman 15 pounds. And they come home and they don't know why. It's because you've lost some of these good traits that we took care of whenever you were home with us. And so it's preparing our kids for life.
2: It is. And, you know, they, they take and go so many different directions with what, the stuff, what they do learn from 4-H. I look at some of the kids now, kind of bringing back the photography part, I look how many 4-Hers are now here. It's a little side business to help them get through college or help do something else, you know, and they've started their own little photography company or business. So, and I know Ashley made some extra money there for a while. She was making truffles for people, sure, you know, and I've, you, you watch these things and you're going, Oh yeah, look, they're making a little, they're making a little bit, you know, they may not ever get rich over it, but some of them do. Well, Not my 4-Hers yet. We're (laughs) we're, we're waiting for that. I'm sure somebody's going there.
0: It'll happen before you know it. So, Well, thank you very much for being our guest today on Get the Facts, Jack. And so before you know it, it's going to be January 6th. And so I hope that um, each and every one of our listeners will make sure that they come out to the Jack County Youth Fair. And I hope that not only participating in the livestock section of it, that they will go to the front area and see some of the projects. Participate in the, uh, is it a silent auction or is it a?
2: It's like a bake sale. A bake sale. We have little sticky notes that we put on there for how much they are.
0: And then then come out and participate. And then, of course, our premium sale will be on Saturday morning. But, you know, Sheila, as I'm sitting here um, across the table from you, I also think that our listeners need to know how important it is for adults and parents to volunteer in 4-H. Yes.
3: Um, we we always rely on our county extension agents, but they don't have the time um, from their other job duties to take on being leaders for each individual project. And we are blessed to have leaders that lead our livestock judging, meat judging. our took a lot of parents to lead food challenge teams this year, um, I don't remember how many teams. I think we had eight or nine total teams compete in the county. They had to place at county to get to move on to district. Um, but there were a lot of moms, grandmas, dads um, opening up their kitchens to kids to practice. So it does take all the parents. Um, and you don't have to be a parent of a 4-Her. Um, you could be an ex-4-Her, or a high Those- school or college kid could come home and lead a project and do just as well as what a parent could do.
2: And volunteers come in all shapes and sizes, yes. and I'll be honest, it's it's great. Even if you can only come in to teach one project or one project lesson, sometimes it's just going, okay, hey, can you come teach them knife skills? You know, we need to work on some knife skills here, or something like that. How to cut up? How to just how to cut up meat? Mm-hmm. I mean, you cut it wrong, and you yes. You can really mess up a nice cut of meat. (laughs) I I loved
0: it. I watched one of the grandparents that were kind of in the wings. They were observing from a distance the food challenge. And one of the grandmothers looked and saw that another team had cute little aprons that had been sewed. And she was a seamstress. And I heard her saying, okay, before our next competition, (laughs) we're going to go home and I'm going to teach you how to sew aprons. And we're going to fix this for your team. So how how great is that, that interaction between a grandmother and their grandchild and to pass on a skill of of, of sewing and a seamstress? That's something that you don't see a whole lot of. That's and-
3: another 4-H project. It is. <laughs> and it, that's the
2: great part because you've got those projects coming together. Yes. And I'll tell you, we do summer camps for kids in the summer. One of my greatest sets of volunteers, and I'm telling you, I would not be able to offer the sewing camp if it wasn't for our quilting ladies, they come in and they will, they give me one or two days a year. They come in and we have it to where it's almost a one-on-one, sometimes it's a one-on-two situation, but you know, we try to keep them, our numbers low on that so we they can get that individual and it, a lot of, a lot of them are our grandmas and it's so great because they are so patient with them. And, and the adult volunteers are so excited because the kids are wanting to be there. They're wanting to learn. You know, they're, they're just so, it's both sides just soaking up that energy and excitement. One year I was kind of scared about not having enough volunteers and I got my mom to come up and help. That was two summers ago. And she was like, what day do I need to come back? <laughs> she was like, uh, are you, do you need me this year? I can, I'll, I'll, I'll pencil you in. And it's so great. have those the volunteers because like i said they get just as excited as the kids because they've got knowledge that they want to give to somebody and so it's a it's a great way to see both of those at the same time
0: well, and you know I love judging. <laughs> and so I'm <laughs> I'm I'm definitely in on the food challenge and you know that I'm definitely in on judging the sweets, the cakes, the cookies. So count us in on that. So, you know, it takes all of us as a community coming together and making the Jack County Youth Fair uh as special as it is. And so um if someone is interested in participating in 4H best way to do is just contact your office here at the courthouse?
2: You can call our office. Our number is 940-567-2132. The first step is going to be actually to go online because our registration is now online and it's 4-H online and it's version 2.0 or it's the new version and you'll just go down there to Texas and you you set up a family page. That way like, if you have two children, you don't have to put your address and all that, that some of that basic information twice. It'll, you'll get that page, and then you'll go off and, add, you know, add a new member so that you can go for the two different kids. But, yeah, that's how it starts is making a phone call. Catch one of the 4-H moms or dads or grandparents at the county fair, and you can learn a lot, lot just talking to them. It's great listening. If you've ever watched walked by the stands to catch some of those conversations because you'll hear some of those new ones going. okay now what about that what was i supposed to be on? okay now why is this one better than that one okay so when i go to look for this this is what i'm supposed to it's great because they do help each yeah, other
0: the interaction between the two or if you're in the bryson area make sure uh, reach out to sheila birdwell sheila i know you're always available and willing sure to i am or cindy hand
3: she helps with our club as well Both of us are available to help. Um, We usually have 25 to 30 kids at our club meetings.
2: That's
0: incredible. It really is.
3: I have to give a lot of props to Jack County
2: this year where we were concerned listening to other agents going, oh, we don't have our kids. Our kids aren't enrolling a bunch. We're actually, we have, a, I think it's a little over 100 4-Hers enrolled right now throughout the county. So it's like, way to go, guys. We had people coming to us, hunting us out, because we wanted to get out and see people again, and we, we wanted to go and do. Yeah,
3: I think uh Jacksboro Club Manager's Jana Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's the main one right now. And Perrin is Ashley Murray. Yes, ma'am. So either of those ladies can help with their clubs as well.
0: Good. Jack County 4-H, be a part of it. And if you don't have anything going on January 6th through the 9th, 9th come out and be a part of the jack county youth fair association and so take us out mr hefner